I think there's two parts to this. One, <clears throat> if you try to like incorporate too much of that building it into the game, that's like a lot of extra stuff that they probably aren't going to want to incorporate. I and mean, it wasn't really promised either as part of their their uh, design pillars from Kickstarter and stuff. I also think that if they put too much of that into the into the guild structures themselves, it's going to have an impact on player agency to a degree. I can't I can't really quantify what uh, to what degree that might be, but I would have a hard time seeing how it wouldn't somehow negatively impact player agency in a way. I think that the fact that they've already got that built into some of the way that the metropolises themselves work serves as a great framework for a guild to take and design. And I'm still definitely on board with what Daedalus is saying. I think if you allow enough functions and privileges and things like that within the ranks for the guild, then the, then the guild themselves can sort of develop that. And it's really hard. Like, I mean, even, even virtue, like virtue as a whole is a democratic guild, but it's not a true democracy. I don't get voted in and I don't get like voted, or voted out. out. Yeah. And you know, no matter how much loot you take. Yeah, exactly. I mean, wait, what? Uh, uh. As they stood in the desolate glade, they looked up for a moment of silence. This brief requiem served as a reminder that so many souls were once lost on Varus so that the Pathfinder and his companions' ancestors could escape from the Great Calamity. This silence also served as a reminder that whatever befell Vera may still be lurking in the shadows. They heard a crackling of twigs within the forest and became alert to the fact that they were not alone. Welcome to Ashes Pathfinders, your dedicated and trusted Ashes of Creation podcast. Join us as we share in the journey that reignites the embers and rekindles the flames in the hearts of those long left to cinder. I am your host, Phoenix, also known as Samorg. I'm joined today by our returning Pathfinders. Let's welcome back, Daedalus. Hello, everyone. Also, welcome back. Wacka back. Half tilt. <laughs> wacka, wacka, wacka. wacka How wacka. is it going, folks? Good evening, good afternoon, good morning. Gentlemen, it's Siege Day. Remember. Siege the day, man. Siege the day, right. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter, yeah. That was the way he promoted the show today. He was like, Siege the day! Join us. Dad jokes all around. Yep, all around. <laughs> Look, before we dig in too far, I got to give a big shout out to the uh, home of this podcast over at asheshq.com, community curated website for all things Ashes of Creation. Also, a shout out to all of the Imperial Flames, which are the supporters here on Twitch, YouTube, and Patreon. Thank you so much for keeping this community's flames bolstering greater week after week. Friends, we have things to talk about today. We have several things, actually. Um, but a little more promoting before we get started, shall we <laughs> get through all the stuff and things, um, look, working on trying to reach a hundred reviews on iTunes. If you, you know, would do so be greatly appreciated. You can go over to our uh, Twitter at ashes pathfinder. Just check out the pin post there at the top. It's got all of the podcast places go over there. Give us a five-star review. If you feel we are fit for that rating and leave us a comment. Let us know how we're doing. And we'll read that here on the show. You can also call into one five, three, nine, six, six, four, six, eight, zero, one. We can uh, play that as long as the message is appropriate. You want to shoot us a mail, just a general message about all the other things. You can shoot one to, uh, ashes, pathfinders at gmail.com. 
Pathfinder Grunt will get that to us at some point in time. Don't know what the mail service is like on Vera, but it's only one way to find out. So, gentlemen, another week, another week in the dark. No, not really. <laughs> it's just slow. We don't really mean that. I really don't mean that. It's not really dark. There's actually plenty of discussion and plenty of things going on in the community. Not as popping as it once was, but that's what happens when their nose is down to the grindstone. Um, you know, from my perspective, anytime it's a little quieter and it's not as popping and as active in the, the general community, to me, it's always a pretty strong indicator that they're working pretty hard on things. Um, tends to be the way that it goes uh, predominantly over, I don't know how many years, five years or something. We're, we're pushing into this year's five years since I've been essentially following this. We're actually almost there. Another month or something like that, give or take. I don't remember the time anymore. Five years is a long time. I can't really remember when the website was leaked and people found out about it. I know it was the end of the year. Pretty pretty sure it was like November, December. I could be wrong. I think it was something like that. Um, Gentlemen, what have you been up to in the past week since our last show? I um, mean, me doing the same old, same old little work, little new world. Uh, yeah. That's pretty much been that. So I've definitely had my notebook out, um, taking note of things, stuff and things that are uh, similar or at least systems that are similar to what Ashes will have and trying yeah. to get some, you know, my thoughts formulated there because obviously I I do feel like there's going to be some lessons learned from New World that mm -hmm. I do hope the devs are paying attention to on the Intrepid side mm -hmm. so they can do what they do and do better. No, no, you have to Oh, you know, stuff and things. Stuff and uh, things. Yeah. Not, I haven't done a lot on the gaming side. I've played a little bit of Rocket League after mm -hmm. work here and there just to kind of unwind and chill so I can hopefully go to bed at a decent time. And it has so far not worked according uh, to that. Uh, <laughs> it winds up like, keeping me up a little bit later. Yeah. Like, How's that working out for you? No, not so great. We just, um, we just had a birthday party yesterday for a 10 year old. Oh, so nice. that was exciting. They had their first sleepover. We're up all night playing games. Nice. So that was, that, that was exciting. That was exciting. Uh, I was not, not going to lie. I was jealous reminiscing of my childhood experiences, staying right. up all night, playing games with my friends, drinking orange juice so that you couldn't fall asleep because you're too busy going to the bathroom. You know, the things that you do as a 10 year old. Yes, indeed. Yes. The things we do as so. 10 year olds. The different world we're living in these days, man. Let me tell you, things we do these days at ten years old compared to back in the day. I'd be running around in the woods, you know, building little paper boats and dropping them on little water after it rained and watching it go down the creek, and then jumping on the old school Nintendo and beating some kung fu or something <laughs> or Zelda back in the day. Yeah, yeah, man, dude. It's, uh, I don't know what the hell have I been doing. I've had a lot of stuff going on. It's actually kind of, I haven't worked a whole lot this past week. I haven't really done a lot of content creation either. Um, I didn't get to stream as much as I usually do. Um, I only did like, I think actually I only had what Thursday last week, Thursday, Friday were the only days out of the week since the podcast that I've actually was live, which was actually different from what I planned. I was usually, usually I was kind of like digging into this new momentum of uh, Tuesday through Friday, but I had some medical stuff to attend to kind of took some of my time um, and everything and all is well for the most well all i'm good i ain't gonna die or anything we're good um but you know generally speaking uh there wasn't too much going on i 
got some news related to ashes that I'd love to share, but I, I don't know that I'm allowed to right now, so I'm not going to. Um, has nothing to do with the content creator program. If people are wondering, it's nothing to do with that. Um, but it is ashes related, I guess. Um, and I said, sure, cool. Sounds like a great idea. It sounds fun. There, <laughs> that people are like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm like. I guess you'll find out later. Don't worry about it. Man, I am the worst, aren't I? I'm the worst. I have been the worst in this community at teasing people for five years, dude. I bring them right to the edge, and it's like, you think you might figure it out, and you're like, I have no damn idea what the hell he's talking about. So ambiguous. Could go one way or the other with this guy. You just don't even know. It's all right. You'll find out in the near future, probably, maybe. Who knows? It could be the day of. I don't know. But. Stuff, something fun to do that I'll be a part of. Can't really confirm or not what that is or even tell you anything related to what it is. But there's something. Yeah, it could be fun. We'll see. I don't know, man. Anyway. Cool story, bro. Cool story, bro. Yeah, yeah. It was great. Um, I've been playing a little bit of the Elder Scrolls online. Been enjoying some of the, uh, of the Witches Festival. It's been really funny. No, it's not related to ninjing anything, actually, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> although someone... Are you, are you going to be the new sandal model? Since for some reason, Steven can't wear sandals anymore. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> no, it's not it either, but that's great. That's funny. I don't think I'd want that job. I mean, you know, you can't live up to that. You can't live up to that. You just, there's no substitute for that. So, you know, um, it's funny though, man. <laughs> I actually had uh, my partner yesterday was like, you're going to create a character name, uh, a Sim the Looter or, Sim or Ninja Looter or something. I'm like, no, I'm not going to create one name that. What are you doing? What are you encouraging this for? No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Probably maybe not. Uh, and if I did, it would just be to make fun of really the people that make fun of me, not actually confirming or denying wait, or confirming anything at all. Or confirming or denying anything at all. Wait, it's not incriminating, right? Anyway, whatever. Uh, maybe Magisto, maybe, maybe not. I mean, can't confirm or deny. It could, it couldn't. Possibly, possibly not. I mean, I don't know what to say. This has gone on far too long, okay? They had a carving in, the, yes, the Ashes of Creation community uh, gathered up, uh, I believe it was yesterday, the 23rd of October, right? Yes, that was the 23rd, so it was yesterday. I didn't get to be there. I saw them doing it. It looked like they had community members hanging out in Discord, and I think um, a couple, I think maybe Toast and um, I can't remember who else were like, uh, they were like carving pumpkins and stuff like that. So they had a community get together, which was kind of cool. Um, it was something different. They haven't really done that previously, um, but it was a live pumpkin party carving con time together, uh, pumpkin carving hanging thing. Is that right? I think that sums it up. We hung out. We carved pumpkins. We did it in Discord. There you go. That's what happened. I'll, I'll link the uh, I'll I'll link the thing here in case you want to you know kind of double check to see what the hell I'm talking about and be like, what do you mean, Sam? I don't understand what that that there it, it's on the. Well, anyway, we're getting ready for this uh, contest, right? And they had a thing where they were hanging out, video streaming in Discord. So there's not a VOD or anything people can go watch. Unfortunately, I wasn't really there. I was doing something else. Uh, I was hanging out and taking a nice day off, relaxing, chilling, you know, doing what we do. And Those we recharge. They are they're very important and I needed it. And it was a good one. It, damn, dude. I'm going to tell you something. You know what? I completely lost a lot of hours in yesterday. 
the whole damn day gone to the Elder Scrolls Online in their freaking housing. I got the witch's cottage. It was like at, uh, what was it called? The um, uh, exercised witch's cottage or whatever. Dude, I was in that place doing decorating all freaking day, man. I am pretty happy with the progress, actually. It looks killer. But the whole day, the whole day, dude, it, it went on from last night till today, like this morning, like the freaking sun was coming up when I finally went to bed. It's not a good look for me. That's I haven't had a day where I've done that. I, I, I lost. Well, you know, or invested rather. I, those hours went to freaking housing, man. I can't believe that. I never thought I'd be a person who was like, no, no, no. One more hit of housing. And so, man, you say exercising, which is cottage. Is this like a, a home gym type thing, or are we talking about exercising the demons? Exercising them demons. We're talking about exercising all them unholy things from the souls of all those who once. You get the point from the place. It was yeah. cleansed of the bad things. And then Sim moved on in and did some spooky shit. Actually, wasn't Lightbringer. I actually was like, I'm going to go full uh, cauldron witch up in here. Tis the season. Tis the season. And, I, you know, this is my Tis favorite season. season, right? Fall, Halloween. Um, probably shouldn't have ate as many Reese's peanut butter cups as I did yesterday. But it's fine. It's fine. I don't know, man. It's like, you know, the things we do as as grown-ass adults when we're not kids anymore, we're like, ain't nobody going to tell me how to live my life. Not anymore. <laughs> I'm going to be the kid I couldn't be when I was young. I'm going to break all them damn rules. How's it feel the next day, Sim? Tummy ache? Can't get Yeah, until you get that gut rot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I used to sit in bed as a teenager. I could sit there. I could eat an entire McCain frozen yeah. cake in one sitting. Now I can't even eat half of it without waking up the next morning. You just be like, oh, oh no, dude. What did I, why do I continue to do this to myself? Oh, man, it was fun, though. And I was like, damn, man, I had such a good time decorating, though, because I, I really do. I love Halloween. I love all the spooky things. I love the horror movies. I love the jack-o'-lanterns, man. I love getting dressed up, wearing some damn fangs, right? Being a vampire, right? Going all ghosty ghost. I may or may not have a crazy mask sitting right over here that I could show y'all in a little bit. Hell, why don't I do it right now? Y'all are going, but Sim, but Sim, what is it? Oh, wait, I can only hear what he's talking about. I can't actually see it. What is he showing us? Guess that's why you should be here for the live show, friends. I can wear this, and it looks freaking good on me. Okay? I was about to guess. It looks like a goblin. Uh, Yeah. Goblin-ish. Isn't that badass, dude? Goblin that is, slash work. Yeah. Look at this. Look at this. This is, like, probably my favorite mask. It's a little, it's a little snug on the eyelids, but it works. Right? Nice. It's a damn good mask, and this was a cheap one, too. It's probably one of the best ones I've ever, ever, ever owned. Dude, I love this time of year, man. Oh, something else to catch up on. You know that D&D thing that's coming down the chain that I might be a part of? Announcements coming soon for where and when and how and all that. May A clue might be it's probably likely going to be after this podcast later in the evening. D&D &D Weekly going to be going on. I have been looking online and I finally found dude. Cause when you do D and D right. 
you, you don't start out as this epic paladin that's got like you know these glorious pauldrons and and amazing legendary gear or anything you don't have that man you got a tunic and some boots and shit right yeah you gotta loot that before all your other group members do <laughs> yeah see what you did there if i had said yes that would have been incriminating and that's not something i'm gonna say i'm gonna say people need to loot things as they're on adventures right not what he's saying that's a half tilt thing right we're gonna leave that to half tilt <laughs> It kind of might be an acknowledgement. I'm not really too sure if he's like admitting anything. I'm not really too sure what's going on there. I'm just going to say, not, not me. Deny any of this accusation. Oh, interesting. <laughs> interesting. The plot thickens. Deflection. Deflection is what's <laughs> happening here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I, two of y'all got the deflection going on. That's all I'm going to say about that. Hey, <laughs> hey, it's enough out of you, Bubble Hearth. Right? I don't need to hear any of this stuff. Me, Bubble Hearth. Okay, okay. <laughs> like, Bubble Hearth Emperor over there. <laughs> you know what i'm just gonna pop my ulti and i'm gonna i'm gonna control t out that's essentially a bubble hearth and testing actually ultimate defense out that's what i'm gonna ultimate defense you. control t in and in, in ashes alpha that's literally bubble hearth there it is it does actually exist in the game right now doesn't it yeah <laughs> i didn't control t though so technically i did bubble hearth then see so anyway <laughs> check it out man um I'm pretty stoked though. I found some things that are like kind of more of the like base level sort of like gear. Cause I'm actually going to get into this. I really am. I'm going to give this a full go. I'm going to really immerse myself in D and D. I'm going to learn as much as I can. I'm going to have as much fun as I can. It's going to, it's going to nourish me as a creative person because you know, and there's so many similarities, like a lot of D and D if you play MMORPGs, RPGs, it, there's a lot that's going to resonate with you. Because character sheet, stats, stuff like that. Um, yeah. Oh, look, Z's here. How's it going, you little terror? Anybody remember uh, Z from last year in the Extra Life charity event, burning things down? How's it going, you little terror? You're going to be a fire starter this year, are you? By chance? Oh, I hope not. Burn, burn down any... <laughs> burn down any villages lately in, in Minecraft. Oh, funny. Not a hint at anything. Um, so check it out, friends. What? Nope, wasn't me. Oh, fair, fair. Hey, I can't. I, mean, I was, I was there. I was sleepy. I don't know, man. I don't know. Here's the deal, gentlemen. I'm pretty stoked about today's conversation. We're gonna, we're gonna hit the ground running. But before we do, we got a couple points to talk about that are gonna be really good tie-ins to today's conversation on sieges. All right. What is all this nonsense in chat from fellow cast members right now? What do you mean? Sim pillages Z burns? Excuse me? That's just ridiculous. Talk about <laughs> guild gathering number nine, shall we? Sounds like a great segue. Guild gathering number nine. Lex burns Sim ninjas. Z, you don't have evidence to support that. At least there's evidence to support Lex. Come on. Or you. Here it is. Gentlemen, we got our guild gathering number nine. Talking about management tools. And the question posed by the development team is the following. What administrative functions do you wish other games had in their guild management systems? Yes, we've talked about this before. Anything that you always feel like you're missing as a guild leader or officer? 
we can even narrow that down to just as a hell as a player. Right? I, I already know mine. I'm going to hit you with mine right now, and I'm going to let y'all just have fun with this. This is interesting, though, because this particular point, gentlemen, let's put a pin on it and a flag on it. We're going to talk about it more generally, more specific to the question itself. We're going to come back to this one when we talk about sieges, though, because I feel like this is also an important point here. We've talked about the app recently we talked about as well. I feel like these are the layers of discussion that we can tie right back into this one in a little bit. Um, but for me, the calendar, man, the calendar, World of Warcraft had it. Now, if you haven't played a lot of MMORPGs and you played World of Warcraft, you're like, that seems like a common feature. Believe me, in an MMO, you think it would be. It is not. Unfortunately, it's not. But it really should be. Right? Especially when a game has things like, well, Elder Scrolls Online has it, right? It's missing from the game. And I'm like, homies, when are we going to get that in-game calendar? Truly. Swotor. I mean... Terra, Rift, right? Arcage. Well, Arcage kind of had one, but right? Not not the same though. It is not like World of Warcraft to date is the only MMORPG I've played where it had a legit, awesome, badass working calendar that served every layer I felt like a calendar in game should, right? But this is about management tools. For me, Take the general game element out of it. Yeah, I, 100%. You, you need a calendar for a guild. I'd even say you need a calendar for an MMORPG in general. But gentlemen, what do you think? Some other things. I got plenty to add to this, but I'm, I'm going to pause. Yeah, I mean, definitely a calendar would be great. I mean, I think just roster management in general, guilds, especially in a game like this, need data. Um, and... One of the things that I've seen, right, as you know, in other MMOs, is you tend to, if you don't have that, you're gathering a bunch of information offline, and it yeah. takes an enormous amount of time, enormous amount of time you're not ending up playing the game and enjoying yourself with. And so, I would love to see something along the lines of being able to, you know, outside of the basics like what level you are, like know what spec you've gone into or at least what's your primary and secondary class choices you know what you know potentially what your gear score is i'm not necessarily as hung up on that but at least knowing like in um you know crafting like capability um you know even being able to honestly put together a profile that either you know as much that can be automated should be automated um i'll kind of go go on record by saying that and then anything that really can't that would be you know more nice to know allow a player to specify that in their profile um and i know we talked a little bit about kind of gear information like specifically like what gear somebody has and having an ability to inspect last week um this might be something again where if you're you know, applying for a raid team within a guild or you're, you know, you're going on a particular, you know, dungeon run, it might be good for your mm. guildies to know like what, you know, what gear you need so they can help you out. Um, but not necessarily using it as an exclusion item. It's more like an inclusion, like what do you need so that we can help you? Um, I know that could be used the other way, but, but that's kind of what I would feel like the intent should be and how it should be set up. 
but that would be kind of my major thing in terms of that mm-hmm. is like besides like the event management is actual like roster management so you can as a yeah. you know as officers leaders really start thinking through like what kind of classes do you have what do you need what like in, in the case of ashes right there's a lot of different variants and i don't know um you know how instrumental those variants are going to be in turning the tide but it might still be good to know primary and secondary and plus with a very crafting you know crafting being a huge part of this game and being able to know like what levels people are in their crafting so that you can maybe make some decisions on potentially who to funnel resources to if that's kind of what your decision yeah. is as a guild leadership or not i mean there's just a lot of different pieces of data that would be super helpful and it you know, may or may not need to be in the game, right? It could be something that you can do like offline or in an app or, you know, on the website. I mean, just something that gives you some sort of ability to see that. And maybe even as you're like putting together those events, right? Having a way to build a roster from that for those events. Um, That's just some of the things that I've seen just fall really flat in other games that I would love to see Ashes, you know, do better with. calendar that, that that's a given um talked a lot about it and roster management i really like where you're going with that i would add as well i would love to see the guild leaders be able to set up their own roles and permissions for those roles have yeah. have everything as a permission like every point of access within a guild whether it's to the guild hall stuff or to the calendar your ability to set an event versus sign up for an event inspect other people within the guild all of this can be separate permissions and then you can define those permissions to a role and name your own role um and i think that'll give a it gives a lot of value to the roster management and being able to make sure that people are in in a rank and in a role that best suits their time and effort put into the guild um, as well as it lets you name it yourself so you can kind of have that sense of, okay, this is our guild and it's unique from everyone else's. It's not just, oh, hey, you're a recruit or you're a, a guild leader or whatever. Like, call yourself whatever you want to call yourself per these roles. Um, the other thing beyond that for me, and I've talked a bit about it in the past quite a while ago, is... This would be something I would prefer to see only accessible within the guild hall, but an interactive world map that essentially anybody with the appropriate permissions can come along and drop a pin on the map, drop a note on the map. Whenever you come and interact with the map, the world map, it'll update what is on it based on what you've discovered in your own gameplay. So as a guild, you can expand this guild map to discover more of the world around you by spreading out. And you can drop pins and notes for things on there. Hey, I, I can't harvest this node that I found, but here's here's like a top tier myth mining node. That's some, I'm going to drop a pin here so somebody else in the guild can see it and go get it. They have to be able to relate where that is from the map to their own gameplay. But it gives the it gives your team your your guild an ability to strategize on a bigger map, um, almost like. You, 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 we've seen it in a lot of shows and other things where they have kind of the war table where they move the pawns around the table when they're planning attacks and sieges, something like that as well for siege uh, defenses, especially for castles. I think that would be cool to have a war room in a castle like that, that the guild can interact with to kind of sh- try to strategize what's going to happen. And of course, then if you've got somebody in your guild that uh, might be a spy, 
for another guild or for the opposing team, and you're not aware of it, and you've given them permissions to go into that room and see what's going on on that table, <laughs> there's a bit of uh, espionage that could happen there too, or possibly somebody could break in there, stealth in there, and, and see what's going on. That would be a really cool element. Um, and then do you, is this your actual plan or is this just something you've baited for the spies to see and you're actually counter-sabotaging? Uh, uh, so, so the things that I think would be really, really cool. But I want to see those things not so much as a guild management interface with the UI, but guild management through uh, earning those things within the game. Gives you something to work towards as a guild. One other thing that I think would be good too, and then I'm thinking of it kind of in the moment as I've been hearing like half tilt's point of view is kind of one level down in terms of permissions to like even just looking at like something like a guild treasury right being able to not only um, one of the things that I think wow did really well is you kind of had an ability to see a log of withdrawals and deposits um, from a guild treasury so being able to do that but I think kind of having it um maybe a little more well controlled right because a lot of times people just throw like anything and everything in a guild bank and sometimes you know that's just due to like very lax permissions like you can just throw anything there but at least being able to track what's in and out of the guild treasury especially when again right when you're maybe gearing up for a siege or there's some other like thing that the guild needs you know funds or resources to be able to use um, just being able to track that and and almost even set up like call outs like, hey, guys, we have an upcoming siege and we need, you know, this type of buff food and we need these types of resources to build the siege engines and so on. So people can kind of know almost like as a like a, a, a bulletin board or something like you were talking about half tilt, but have it be like guild related. Because um, there's some other tie-ins I know we're going to talk about related to like the settlements and you know the nodes and whatnot. Um, but I think this would be a good thing for a guild too, especially like in terms of aiding guilds that are going for you know territory ownership. Right, they're going to need a way to be able to manage things effectively, um, and I just I don't want um, that to be a barrier. Um, and I want the the gameplay to be like you know about strategy, about you know you know skill skill versus skill. I don't want it to be about oh you know somebody did a really you know terrible job managing X Y Z because they didn't really have the right tools to do it, or they didn't spend you know twenty hours a week doing spreadsheets so that the guild can keep track of stuff. Yeah, that's an important aspect too because. All the external website data that we've used in other games isn't going to be there for Ashes. The right. APIs are closed to the public. So, like, that's if there's data that we want or need to be able to effectively uh, analyze and manage guilds and, and predict future results or whatever, that's going to have to be provided through that guild interface somehow. So, knowing or thinking about what some of that information that we're going to want is very key. And absolutely having a, an event log of anything going on with guild or the guild bank or anything like that is yes. going to be super crucial who yeah. withdrew what yep. and ideally when like that's important information to have um how you deal with that information is entirely up to the guild and... uh. <laughs> um but it, rather than just leaving it kind of ambiguous well who took it i don't know so and so was in there at this time 
that the, the, that just leads to bad juju within the guild and, and causes internal conflict simply due to lack of information, not because of um, actual interaction with other players. You know, talking as a guild leader, I think, you know, we've hit, we've hit on a few of these things already, but quartermaster, quartermasters is a big one, right? Having guild tasks, and we already know Steven's talked about, okay, yeah, we're going to have customization for the ranks, right? You're going to be able to like have that level of customization. The depth for that, we don't know. Um, you know, we know that there's going to be calendars. So we know that these things are going to be there, but the to the depth of what we're talking about, you know what I mean? We've got quartermaster details. Like one of the things always been problematic. Yeah, I need to know who took what out. Do you know who took it out? I need to have a log that goes far enough back to be able to identify that, you know, at least, you know, the thing is 24 hours doesn't work or having it be 300 lines doesn't work either. Like it's got to be significant enough to where it covers enough of a period of time to where if you do have somebody who heaven forbid decides that they're like, you know what? F this guild don't like how it's going. I'm going to take everything I want and I'm going to dip. Right. Number one, you do have to choose who you allow access to. So that level of customization for ranks being very specific, I think is very, very, very important. Like for me, I'm probably going to be like me and probably the quartermaster would be that or people with quartermaster privileges would be the ones that could withdraw. I think having limits on what you can deposit is important, too, because you don't want to have a bunch of junk thrown in there all the time. Like, I don't have to clean that up all the time. Right. Um, so quartermaster domain, I think, is very important. Having an idea of like how much is withdrawn, going far enough back, being able to customize, like Half Tilt said, for the role so that you have different uh, ranks that you can customize, that you can name, right? Potentially symbols for. Um, we already know the emblem system is going to be in the game. So being able to, you know, utilize that, you know, how specifically can we utilize that? We're going to be able to pump emblems out and have different tabs and have our own emblems. Do we have emblems for those tabs to help identify? Is it just going to be chat? you know, based only uh, kind of tabs for the different tabs. If there are tabs, is it going to just be a big dump, you know, but you, you filter through by, you know, what it is you're searching for. Do you get a box? Do you get a search box. Um, these are all things that I think are important to find out about and to learn about as we're going into the game, because these are pretty important pieces for me. In the Elder Scrolls Online, you jump into the guild bank, right? There's a horrible organization issue with it. Um, World of Warcraft's pretty, pretty, pretty good. It's a pretty solid system again compared to a lot of games I've played. When it comes to like guild bank features and customization and and all of that, because um, <clears throat> you can set up which ranks can access which tabs. You can put icons on there. You can you know make it. You can really customize it. You can you know have a bunch of different tabs. Um, games like The Elder Scrolls, however, is a very opposite sort of thing. It's Really, you just dump into there and there's so many spaces. It doesn't, you can't really go move them around into those spaces. It doesn't auto stack. So you have to have an add-on to do that. Roomba is the one I use for that. And you, you have a key bind to go. And then it's like swapping it back and forth between your inventory and like the bank space to like actually organize it. And then you go and if you want to pull something out, you can look at it as a whole open blank, you know, open slate. Or you can look at it as like, um, you know, like different materials or whatever, and click these different icons up here and kind of sort that way and go through and look. It's not, it's not super great, you know what I mean, in terms of like 
customization. So with, with, with the base system as it is, just an, a big bin, yeah. you can throw everything in. When somebody's in there and looking, does it play an audio track of someone sifting through a Lego bin looking for that one piece <laughs> out of a th out of like 5,000 pieces? I'm go with no. <laughs> I've never heard of one that does that, that, either, that, that That's but... essentially... <laughs> what it feels what it would feel yeah. like when you're trying to find yeah. that one icon then you hope yeah. you recognize it when you see it as you're just scrolling through stuff i am super pro filters uh mm -hmm. for that type of thing to be able to filter out what you're looking for just filter it by like cr uh, crafting materials or crafting types or something like that because with the amount of crafting materials that we're probably expecting to see we're going to need a good size guild bag, especially when we're looking at the quantities of items to build siege equipment, yeah. to develop yep. buildings within a node, or to reinforce your castle walls when you're rebuilding your castle over the course of a month and growing those three nodes around it. We're going to have to be able to have high stack counts and we're going to need a good amount of space within the guild a bank um i i presume that castles yeah. are going to be have a little bit more to them as a treasury room or something than just your regular guild hall would have and that's fair but i think that's going to be really important you know yeah there's some points in chat <clears throat> i'm going to probably read too but there's a couple other things i didn't want to forget either which is like you know roles ranks icons like uh this this isn't specific to a guild feature but i definitely think it ties into guild functions like doing raids, etc. If in a game like Ashes, or hell, any MMORPG, and yes, uh, Alfina said SWOTOR also had a really good system for a bank. It's agreeable, I would say. I would agree with that. Um, but when you go do a, tr you know, a raid, right? You go do your large-scale PvE initiative. In World of Warcraft, you could, and in other games as well, like uh, Final Fantasy XIV and some other ones, you can put icons over people's head. Right now, this is maybe more related to party, but for guilds, even as a guild master, as a guild leader, as a person in a guild, when I'm doing a community function, this is important. If we're doing a if we're doing a raid, like it's important to know, to be able to mark the tank, to have some indication for the people in the group to know who's doing what, and that man that could be a UI thing. It could be putting a marker on someone's head. I do like the marker on someone's head; it's great. Uh, but really just even in parties, because currently in Ashes of Creation, when you're in a big group, there's not really, aside from the class icons, a way to really identify role specifically. Um, and then also like, you know, in World of Warcraft, you could put flares if you were like a hunter, or not, sorry, not a hunter. If you were like an engineer, you could throw like a flare or the UI for party management had the option to put down big light pillars as well as marking people in your party. I'm not saying we need something exactly like that, but I'm saying something similar to that would be kind of nice. Like, cause realistically, even if you want to go bare bones and go, we're going to go do a raid. Um, we're not having add-ons. Fair enough. Um, it, it's realistic that you would go, you know what? I'm going to go mark a spot with a flare. There's a way to identify an area, right? That you need people to go to, or you need them to focus on like, and there should be a way to indicate that you, you can do that realistically too. So having something to bridge that gap, I think is important, especially in a game like Ashes where you do not have add-ons and you're focusing more on situational awareness, player communication, paying attention to your UI and having the customization they've talked about being deep for the UI. This is something I think would be a miss if they didn't have, I'm not saying it needs to be like, let's mark everything. Let's have it be like a cluster. I'm not saying that subtle. It can be subtle, 
just a way to sort of like identify or indicate points of interest, marking places to be, things like that. But Daedalus, I know you had an idea. Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of um, jumping off of the whole like guild bank. I mean, I think it's inventory systems in general and kind of being able to, you know, put some quality of life stuff in there. I mean, you guys were talking about like a lot of different features. I think one thing that I've seen that works really well is almost like an auto categorization and ability to sort like, you know, by lowest to highest, like, you know, rarity or item level or what have you, like being able to say, okay, XYZ ingredients are in the, you know, I don't know, trade goods category, and it's going to be in this specific tab. So no matter what is like your UI, you just dump a bunch of things. And if you have permission to do so, it auto, you know, stacks, it, you know, moves it into a certain thing. So then when you get to that tab, you've got like all this, uh, all this stuff that guildies have donated, it's all organized. So, you know, okay, you know, the way I set this up is from left to right is, lowest to highest rarity and you know in in this tab so now Mm -hmm. i can quickly go and get what i need i think one of the other things that i thought was really good as well um in uh in wow that i i would hope would translate like at some level is some sort of a guild chest so if you did have like a raid right um where you know folks were getting geared up and you had that you know a few people that maybe didn't have time to get what they needed or they, you know, donated a bunch of mats and they just, you know, they needed like a particular flask or buff food or what have you. Right? Being able to do that right before a guild event, I think would be really nice too, to have kind of have that ability to, um, you know, crack into the guild treasury at that point if needed. Um, so yeah, I just like just these little things that I think, you know, you, you made the point very well, right? If we don't have add-ons, there's a lot of things that have been, quality of life additions to other games right that have been mods right so we kind of you know with that in mind right we need the development team you know it's not everything doesn't have to be there at launch but at least have the groundwork laid right so that in the future we can really kind of build on these systems um so that we can get that same quality of life impact without having to install third-party applications right or third-party mods yeah you know the thing too is that they've always talked about initially right now in development, it's easier to make changes and actually work on things from a foundation standpoint to ensure that later, if you have to add those things that you're not like, it's not going to be like such a difficult thing. Um, I was actually having a conversation on this recently with Elder Scrolls online, like certain things just aren't going to be possible. Very, very unlikely that they're going to happen because the game wasn't designed for it. Um, And, while I wouldn't expect them to be like, have everything we want in here. I think some quality of light features, one of the, I don't know. I think it's always a really, it's a buzzkill whenever you're playing a game and it's like, these things seem so simple to have added to just make life easier. It's a damn shame. It took four or five years for them to add it finally. And that maybe we've had to use like an add on for something that just seems like a simple thing to have in that they just didn't have the, you know, the, they didn't have the foresight. They didn't like think ahead and go, maybe we gotta, you know, have this in there. I do want to, I do want to um, hit on something that Noor and chat had mentioned here um, saying, and we'll kind of use this as a good transition point. Cause this is going to talk a bit about no types and well, that's kind of where we're going. Right. Um, saying, I have a question for the panel. If you have time, how do you feel about different in-game supported guild structures? 
Um, we have the uh, monarchical. Mar oh my god, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna jack it up. <laughs> I'm not even gonna mention it. I'm gonna probably cough soon. I feel like I've got a cough developing, but. The point is, you've got you know kratocracy, you've got plutocracy, you've got democracy, theocracy, oligarchy. You've got all these different types of structured systems related to the way that you know guilds and social uh, groups are organized. And he says, like you know, making it link to a node type. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't know about that one. How would the in says here, how do you feel about different in-game supported guild structures? So I, I think my my counter question is like, what do you envision in terms of um it being a supported guild structure? Like how how are you seeing that being supported via the node, via the metropolis, via castles? I think that's kind of more my counter question. If we get an answer on that, I think that'd be a good way to go. But I don't know if you guys have any feedback on that. I think I'd probably want to know more about. Um, what you're specifically thinking about when you think of like supporting of the guild structure that might be that type where it may align with a different node type. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I think if it could be supported, great. Um, I, I don't know what would be the best way to go about doing that or, or how that would, they could do that without it being like, you know, a lot of extra work somehow, but I don't know. Well I mean, I guess simply, I think you can cover that with permissions, right? I mean, I don't think there needs to be like a lot of like overhead in terms of design oh, for that. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, you, you could cover a lot of that with permissions. I think one of the other things too, though, um, that I hadn't really thought of, but this question made me think mm. of is, is some type of ability to put something to a vote, right? I mean, right. we definitely have tools like Discord, right? right. And if there is Discord integration, I mean great right i mean having that ability to integrate with discord would be awesome because mm. you can put a bunch of things up for vote and that's you know when you talk about like a democracy type of guild structure right there you go that's you know that's your simple fix but as far as like the other things it definitely mm. i think is going to be based on permissions right you're going to want like in the case of um you know uh, you want like a council type of guild structure right you're going to be able to have a guild leader potentially, or you're going to have a guild leader and council members, right, that have similar or same permissions as the guild leader, so that there's a, you know, a separation of duty, or not a separation of duties, pardon me, there's a sharing of power, right, and a check and balance. So I think that can be done. I mean, if I'm understanding the questions right, right, um, like being able to um, you know, do that can be done with guild permissions, right, and to certain features and functions. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, and that's yeah. part of what narrow is saying too. He said guilds would be able to freely choose the structure they want. For example, allow elections for a guild every month. Uh, that's dem a democracy. See, I I can understand where you're coming from on that, but I think I think there's two parts to this. One, <clears throat> if you try to like incorporate too much of that building it into the game, that's like a lot of extra stuff that they probably aren't gonna want to incorporate. I and mean, it wasn't really promised either as part of their their uh, design pillars from Kickstarter and stuff. I also think that if they put too much of that into the, into the guild structures themselves, it's going to have an impact on player agency to a degree. I can't, I can't really quantify what, uh, to what degree that might be, but I would have a hard time seeing how it wouldn't somehow negatively impact player agency in a way. I think that the fact that they've already got that built into some of the way that the metropolises themselves work. 
serves as a great framework for a guild to take and design. And I, I'm still definitely on board with what Daedalus is saying. I think if you allow enough functions and privileges and things like that within the ranks for the guild, then the then the guild themselves can sort of develop that. And it's really hard. Like, I mean, even, even Virtue, like Virtue as a whole is a democratic guild, but it's not a true democracy. I don't get voted in and I don't get like voted, or voted out. out. Yeah. And you know, no matter how much loot you take. Yeah, exactly. I mean, wait, what? Uh, uh, that was a, a really quick agreement that shouldn't have happened. Um, yeah, that was instinct because there was a level that, of trust I had. Those... No, there was a level of trust that was broken, is what it is. Okay, level of trust, <laughs> level of trust has been diminished live on this damn podcast. Look at what <laughs> but... he slipped in there. Yeah, yeah, wait, what that happened? No, you, you guys are yeah. absolutely right. Like the easiest way to do it is simply through guild permissions. Yeah. And how do you facilitate that from a development standpoint? Don't put a hard limit on how many users you can have in ranks of positions um, or, or permissions rather. You know, sure, there might be yeah. only one guild owner, guild leader per se, but the guild leader can assign the same permissions to the council members, let's say, or their board. And, and the board members having all the same permissions as the guild master can assi then assign the same permissions to other people if they want to. Like they have the ability to do that. And you simply, you, you give the guild the agency to make their decisions how they want to. I love the idea of having a vote type system within the guild. I think that could be utilized for yeah. a lot of different things, like to put a poll out or to put yeah. a vote out. Now, you mentioned Discord. Discord ha has the ability to do a lot of this stuff already as itself. So mm -hmm. how much do you really want to duplicate the effort? It's probably pretty safe to say in this day and age, Discord, for any organized guild, Discord's a key component of that. So duplicating the effort, I don't necessarily think needs to be done. If integration is something they can do, that would be wicked. But that might be a little above and beyond in terms of scope. Mm -hmm. The other thing I wanted to add, and this is going back a little bit, is the ability to have some type of points or, or um, contribution management um, that you can, like just as, an, as a very generic yeah. layer, and nice. you have, and you as the guild or council or leader or whoever has the ability to customize it and, and set it up the way they want. So some people might integrate it as a DKP system. Some people might integrate it as just a, not, not for loot management, but just to keep an idea of what people are doing. Mm -hmm. And it's something that will, like, again, you can assign permissions to things like, okay, gathering. You can assign the gathering, uh, a, 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 like a, a weight let's say of five points every time somebody gathers something. So you can kind of get an idea of what kind of contribution is, is going on within the guild and then relate it how you want um, to that. But giving that just that overall flexibility, I think would be really cool without putting any real predefined things behind it and letting the community or the guilds run with that themselves. Same with the voting system, same with the permissions, give that freedom and flexibility to the players, give us the system that enables that those options and people will make it work if they want to. If they don't want to utilize it, then they don't have to. Yeah, and I, I definitely think it, a lot of it's going to lie. And if you if you have the tools there for the players to utilize, then you're just going to reinforce upon your game pillar, design pillar of player agency. You know, if that's a, if that's a core feature, then allowing the tools to exist so that 
you know, levels of customization like some of the ones mentioned here today um, can exist for a guild, you know, where you're talking uh, point structure, uh, you know, role privileges, customization for that, uh, and all of those different things. You know, the, there are so many different features that have worked so good. They're not trying to reinvent the wheel. And I, and I don't think this is an area where they have to. It's just taking the things that work really good. That's the beautiful thing about this game. It has the opportunity to take the things that have worked really good for a lot of different games and bring all those tools together in a way that the player has the agency to really determine, you know, how they want to go about doing everything, you know, where they have the choice. When we talk about add-ons, why are add-ons even a thing? They're there to fill a gap or or fill a hole that was left in the original game design. And I know they've talked about this a little bit and that they're going to have like, in terms of UI customization, they say they're going to have a very customizable UI. So uh, in that same vein, like when we talk about there's not going to be any add-ons available, we're simply saying the add-ons are here to fill these holes. As long as those things are already covered in the game, then there's no need for add-ons anyway. The only place people are really going to complain is, <laughs> I don't want to start this conversation again, but damage meters. Yeah. That, that's the only thing that is currently a, a line in the sand. Right. So we've got... um. We're going to lead in and talk about sieges a bit, right? We've got further lead-ins. We might we might piggyback off that, take that into next week. We'll see how it goes today. Um, but yeah, so let's talk a little bit about some of our experiences with the castle sieges and ashes so far. Now, feel free to tie in, and I and I say this for everybody, right? You're all with us on this journey, whether you're watching the show live, you catch it on YouTube, you're listening to it on your drive to work later, right? You get an idea, go do like a handful of other people did this week. We got like a handful of comments and I encourage you all to go check them out. Um, probably not gonna have time to actually reflect on them directly today, but we had some really good conversation within the community and around the, the podcast and where it's posted um, around crafting and a lot of really good ideas. Some of those comments were posted in our discord right here, discord.gg forward slash some org, right? We've got the Pathfinder channels and everything over on the YouTube for Ashes HQ. You can go there. You can look at the comments. Feel free to contribute to the conversation. It's a good chance we'll probably come back, snag some of those up down the road and make some points around them because they're always really good for that. Um, but there were a lot of really good points of conversation. So if you have something to contribute, do so. Contribute on the videos, post in the Discord, whatever. But reflecting on Castle Sieges, what were some of the big pros and cons, positive, negatives, things that we were like, great, they're definitely on track for a lot of positive things here. Um, epic fails, were there epic fails? Uh, what were some of the things that were like, yeah, I don't think we need to be going down this road. What do we got, gentlemen? I think stability was a huge positive. I mean, I think in general, the you know, for the amount of people that were engaged in the siege, it was pretty darn stable um, from my perspective, right? I, I wasn't seeing like what I would normally expect to see is like when there's a ton of people in a clumped area, like a lot of slideshow type of male video yeah. performance. And I think that was like a huge takeaway. Um, and I, I find it up, I would say maybe a little, um, 
ironic that we've got a game, you know, like Ashes in the alpha stage. It has that level of stability with a large amount of people that were part of that. And we have other games that are released that don't have that same level of performance um, that are production out in production. So, I mean, I think that's a huge positive. And we talked about, like, you know, right before the podcast, that Half Tilt and I were musing a bit. And, and definitely it kind of goes back to what we've been you know, hitting home and a lot of our content is, you know, having a good foundation is only going to be the best option in the long run. Um, and obviously, you know, based on history, there was some concerns with, you know, what Ashes had done and they took those to heart. They re in, you know, reimagined how they were doing things to improve the overall performance. And it's definitely shown so like continuing to kind of build on that, I would say that was kind of the biggest takeaway for me was in terms of stability. I mean, I know there were bugs with capturing the points and so on. So just kind of, you know, that was probably what I would expect to see is, is the low light there. Um, I didn't have a lot of experience with the siege mechanics as much like in terms of like the actual like siege engines, right? You know, messed around with a little bit of it, but mostly it was just kind of running around with, um, you know, different groups and, you know, just jumping into the fray because that's kind of what I really enjoy most about, you know, large-scale battles is just kind of being on the front line. So I would say overall, I mean, that was to me like the um, the two big, like, positives and maybe, you know, what I would consider, like, things to work on is just, um, you know, just making sure we can, you know, polish and smooth out, um, you know, some of the other mechanics that were supposed to be part of the siege and make those mechanics mean something um you know it's like a distinct risk versus reward choice not to go after a dragon right um in the siege versus maybe just loading up on as many of you know siege engines as you can get and just going for a push right um so again just being able to flush that out a little bit more i think would be would be good in my opinion I I only got to play offense once during Alpha. I did a I did a decent amount of defender, but I only got to play offense once. And I, I I'm I'm still fit, kind of 50-50 on the whole dragons aspect. This is gonna touch on Magisto's uh, yep. comment in chat asking about PvE content yep. and thoughts, uh, such as the dragons. I, I I think the idea of them is really cool. Um having the three dragons around, I feel like if they're not defeated there should be some type of benefit that they provide to the area or detriment that they provide to the attackers. And, and, and like the, rather than just something that exists and is completely optional, but if you happen to go for it and get it, you get a buff as an attacker or a defender because they can come out and do the same. Um, scalability is going to be really important though. If, if we get to a point where we are actually doing a 500 versus 500 castle siege, What's to stop a team of 400 people from just rolling up on a dragon? How is that going to scale? Because, like, when they've talked about anti Zerg mechanics and things like that in world bosses and raids and just general travel and trying to incorporate those mechanics into the, the bosses themselves. But now you're going from not having fast travel or anything like that around mm -hmm. to a concentrated group effort in this area where you have just put 500 people with the same intention. Right. They are almost certainly going to go as a group, mass group against one of those bosses, if not all of them, 
together or chaining. Um, so how do you how do you scale with that? I don't think mechanics alone are quite enough. Do you just increase the health pool uh, X-fold to try and delay the fight to give the defenders a chance to come and wipe you on the boss? Increasing the damage of the boss seems a little not not super great to me. Adding more mechanics um, and things like that to potentially wipe the raid because of your concentration, cool might encourage smaller groups because mm. there will be a component where the defenders can come out and like, Hey, we got wind that they're attacking the fire dragon. Let's send a group out there to try to wipe them. Oh shit. There's a group of, there's a line of a hundred people that we got to get through first to get to the people attacking the dragon. So there's an extra bit of strategy there. And I really like that. But if those dragons aren't defeated, I feel like there should be, there should be some ebb and flow to that rather than just an optional thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I did kind of like the idea of how some people were able to kind of skirt up around the mountain and sneak in a back way. Cause that adds a, you got to watch all sides just because your castle's built into a mountain doesn't mean you're protected from that side necessarily. Yeah. I thought it was kind of a cool mechanic, cool thing. And it just, it adds that extra little bit of course. Somebody keep an eye on this or they're going to sneak in there and ninja something. I think that's I think that's valid and it adds a little bit of extra spice. If there's anything that we learned, the attackers had a very, very small chance at winning. Now I know this was the yeah. alpha and just kind of it was more of a stress test than a siege test. So that's fair. Um in yeah. terms of things I really want to see, I want to see destructible walls, at least the exterior yep. walls. Yep. I want to see those being able to be destructible. If we're talking about massive siege engines, and I all I can do is knock down a wooden gate with that, nah. it feels bad, man. Yeah. Like I at least the exterior walls yes. should be destructible, yep. if not the interior of the castle as well, to an extent. Yes. So you can create those holes. And then you really have to be vigilant as a defender to mind and keep eyes out all the way around. Um, similar to Dalis, I really didn't get a chance to hop in the hot seat. Uh, definitely not of trebuchets. I didn't get in a single trebuchet, unfortunately. Would have loved to, but I did like to see the importance of you know positioning and ranging them and protecting them properly i thought mm. that was uh really cool and i hope to see that continue i want to see more siege engines i want to see hot oil i can spill hot oil off the top of the the walls and the and the barricades you know i want uh, ramparts i want to be able yeah. to have a, maybe the uh giant catapult things that i can launch and just take out like a line of people maybe siege engines aren't just there to destroy walls and doors but actually to do mass da group damage if, if there's anything Anything I noticed, the sieges were a shit show when it came to foot combat. If you're just somebody on the running around on the ground fighting, especially when you get in a choke point like a doorway, it's just AOE central. You walk in there, you're going to see your health go like this until you fall. <laughs> There's so much AOE damage and AOE healing going on in that concentrated zone. Mm -hmm. and, and So it's going to be madness that way. It's going to be a shit show. And then when we start to incorporate all the extra classes, and then we've got the, the group of eight being able to do their mass ability on top of that, there, there's going to be a lot of potential here and a lot more that's left to see. Those are some of the big things. Make the dragons impactful on both, whether you take them out or not. Give them impact. Make them scalable so you can't just go in there and zerg them down. Mm -hmm. and give give me destructible uh walls at least on the outside and i will be very very happy yeah yeah i i did have one other point because it made me think of something too um now obviously this was the first 
you know, really big siege test. But I would like to see in the future is like different options in terms of attack and defense weaponry, like siege engines. So, you know, you might have like, you know, a trebuchet, you might have, you know, um, a ballista, but could there be other things? Like, could there be like uh, one of the things that I've seen in New World that I think is pretty interesting is you have like war horns, um, you have like other things you can do to potentially upgrade that weaponry too through you know quests you do in a kind of in a town hall area, right, or mm. for the town. Um, I think that would be something that would be really interesting to say. Okay, well, which which weapons or mix of weapons should we have in our defense and or attack, right? What other things can we do? Could we potentially as a strategy counteract the need to go after the dragon if we have maybe a smaller force um, and do something else like, you know, in terms of our uh, siege prep so that we can, I don't want to say circumvent that, but at least mitigate the risk to a point where it's, you know, it's, it's the odds are a little more in our favor. I wouldn't say like overpowered. So, but just like a way to implement um, a different strategy than just the same strategy over and over. And one thing that I think would just be really detrimental to the siege um, mechanic in, in general is if it's always the same meta every single time, Yeah. then it becomes, it goes from being a really cool experience to being the same crap over and over that nobody really wants to do. And that was, um, I would say, one of the things that I do hope they monitor closely. Um, And part of this had to do with the fact that it was an alpha and people were maybe in some cases more focused on air quotes playing than testing, right? And they lost interest after a little while. But definitely trying to figure out how you can make um, that siege, you know, much more um, populated. Because when it, you know, when things really dropped off, you either not able to really do a siege, or it was a siege with like, you know, five people total or less. Yeah. Um, and that didn't make it much of a, you know, experience at all. You were just, you know, five people running around doing each other. Um, so yeah, I do hope that there's some way that they can mitigate um, that issue, right, by having variety, having different things you can do, having maybe potential rotating rewards for completing a siege. I mean, something that incentivizes players to really hop in and defend their town. Because there's going to be, you know, people that will do it just because, hey, this is the thing that I need to do. I mean, this is my home. I want to defend it. Those are just, you know, great set of players. Others might not have a a bunch of time to really invest, but they, you know, they're going to need an incentive to actually jump in and spend xyz amount of time um in a siege and one of the things that i think worked really well um in new world that i do like uh would like to see is is definitely um a time limit and i think they had something like that in the ashes alpha too but make sure that it's a finite amount of time that isn't like you know i would say more than frankly 30 minutes um i think that's uh, makes sense, right? Again, depending on the scale, right? It might scale up from that, but I think kind of 30 minutes to an hour seems reasonable for a siege. I just don't want it to be like, you know, early days of, wow, when we were, you know, doing all track Valley where it was <laughs> literal, you know, multiple hours. Yeah. We're talking in some cases, days of like yeah. one match. That's just not sustainable for, you know, 
anyone but the the sweaties and I, I wouldn't expect no that everyone would sign up for like, that. Yeah, exactly. I have got the time in my life to sit here and make it everything I do with my existence, but that isn't normal people. Normal right. people right. got kids, they got jobs, they got school, they got sleep. I will be lucky if I can make a weekend siege. But yeah. I'll, I'll be I'll completely honest. So here's an interesting question on that Alterac Valley point, though, that just popped in my head. What do you guys think about an attrition system where you have a finite amount of respawns and resources instead of a time limit? Because that, yeah. that's that was kind of the answer to Alterac Valley, right? Is they put in the resources. Yeah. And once you got down to if if yep. you simply whittled down the resources, you won that way. Yep. That that can promote turtling. Uh, that that would be my biggest counter argument for the defenders side is that they just sit back, they don't push anything, and they just hold their choke points as hard and as long as they can to try and whittle you down through AOE and group effort. Maybe the, taking out the dragons helps to mitigate that. Maybe it bolsters your resources or something yeah. instead. Just, 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 just some thought I had. The other aspect is node sieges will not have dragons. That's cat. That's a castle siege mechanic. Node sieges will be without dragons. So you do get a bit of flavor of both that way. The, yeah. um, I, th I think the, the incentive through personal investment is, is good. But as you said, Daedalus, I don't think it's going to be enough for everyone, especially people that are a little bit more on the casual side. Then again, people that are more on the casual side might be like, damn, I have just poured the last six months of my life to get this little bit of that I have. I have been defending that shit. So it, it could go both ways. It's really going to come down to the player. Having an additional type of incentive to pop in their attacker or defender um, would, would be really awesome too, whether that is through a rotational reward or uh, earning a little bit of extra experience or something, a little bit of gold or who knows, who knows what, but having something else in there, I think would be beneficial. So that you just have a better chance of reaching a broader audience. Yeah, I agree. I, I like the idea. I mean, here's what my thought is. I mean, I, I've played all track Valley in both scenarios. Like, you know, pre like resource attrition and, you know, post. And personally, I would love to see just anything that the team can do to really just drive people to never, ever, ever turtle, right? Unless it's like a last resort, a case in point, right? We had, you know, a situation in the siege in, in New World where, you know, we got to down to the wire and we were, kind of defending the fort and everybody just had no other choice but to turtle up and and basically fisticuffs like you know between the two um the two factions and and that was a fun experience but i still want that to be like a default i always want some mechanic that's driving players to go out to you know engage the enemy and not necessarily take such a passive defensive position mm -hmm. because that just made the battles just really irritating and it caused a lot of people just to rage quit because they're like i'm not going to spend half a day in one match yeah. um and so i'd like anything they could do to make it interesting like incentivize you to go out like if you are kind of out past the castle walls like you you know get some sort of bonus right either in you know honor tokens or whatever the currency is like just to be out there and it's 
less of a bonus just like sitting in air quotes AFK in the in the fort um, or the castle rather. Um, so yeah, th that would be you know my my thinking is anything you can do to keep the some sort of time limit right, but also some way to really just make the matches really interesting and action oriented versus it being passive and you know just not interesting. So the resources from the defender side are fueled by the amount of gold in the castle's coffers. And, and when it, even if they, the guild holding the castle wins, if they run down to their last few resources, they might finish with almost no gold left. That could be kind of cool. Um, one thing I really liked, and they did do this in the alpha, is they had control points that the defenders could come out and capture as well as the offense could capture that would move the offense's spawn points. And I think that can help with the turtling aspect as well, because if you're off, if the attackers have control points and respawns right on your defense lines or ju mm -hmm. just in front of, you are going to be pummeled over and over and over again. And if your respawn point is further away or delayed by any more time than theirs are, whatever team has the, the more trickle coming to it is typically going to be at the disadvantage when you get to that turtling stage. So between destructible walls and being able to advance your respawn points from an offense mm -hmm. aspect, I think that's really important. And having a, even if it's just a small squad that tries to go out and capture um, control points to push the defenders respawns back will be really, really important. That is something that they already have in the game. So that I, I'm actually really happy. I totally forgot about that until we had this conversation. I, that was a huge pro for me as well. Man, I've got so many ideas about this. I'm like, I'm to the brim, but I want you guys to get your thoughts out because I got like a bazillion things to share on this already. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would, I would agree with that. Like, again, anything that pushes the, like the players out to interact with each other right um and you know control points i would honestly like if there's an ability to have destructible walls i don't want a counter mechanic i'd want to be able to reinforce the walls or repair the walls yes or be an engineering group <laughs> right exactly um you know and i would want to be able to have to make choices okay do we reinforce xyz to a point where we naturally create a choke Right. So there's all sorts of different strategies. I just want those ideas to continue to flow. I mean, I over the past, you know, several wars um, that, you know, the faction that I'm in and on New World has done, there's been so many different strategies like flanking and going right for siege engines versus going, you know, right for, you know, certain points or splitting the teams up in certain ways. And it's there's just so many different ways to do it now there's other issues there right but in terms of like the core strategic part of it it's very rich at the moment right and it might be because it's new but i, yeah. I do feel like there is a lot of options um and i think having those options and and knowing like hey if you take this action and you don't time it right you just you done did it and you might lose a point or you might you know lose the war um, so I think there's definitely that risk versus reward. It's pretty heightened um, in like, you know, a current, you know, similar type of uh, mechanic that we have in New World. But being able to see something like that in Ashes where choices do matter, I think would be fantastic. And, and exactly to your point is, you know, what strategy can we do to push the enemy back? Is it, you know, attacking their back line? Is it 
standing on the point and just really like spamming some sort of defensive or heels or is it flanking them? I mean, there's just all sorts of different things that I think can happen. And I would love to see that flexibility. I just don't want it to be like, okay, I have like all these siege engines that I've knocked down every single wall. So it's literally like I'm, you know, the entire front wall is gone. So it doesn't really, that seems to me like that would probably take a little bit of the fun on it and that might become the meta but being able to maybe strategically hit certain like walls or and or being able to counteract that so you're forcing a choke point those are just different things that i think would be really cool to see so that people mm-hmm. can change and rechange their strategy so it's always like a, a new experience or a newer experience each time man <clears throat> okay so the elder scrolls online Good example of a point-based campaign in Cyrodiil. <clears throat> Here's the thing. A lot of their system is based off of Dark Age of Camelot. A lot of their their sieging and their objective-based combat for the, the Greater War, the Alliance War, it's based off of, it is based off of a lot of Dark Age of Camelot. Excuse me one moment. I am telling you, I've got some some crud today. I am working on kicking somehow. <clears throat> so I'm going to, I'm going to give you the blunt part here on ashes, the dragons. I don't like it. I don't care for it. I don't, it doesn't make sense. It, yeah. Would it be cool if like, you could like get a dragon to team up with you to help siege a keep? Sure. But like, why? But like, why is the dragon just cause like, why, why is the dragon do that? I think it makes a lot of sense that they had dragons in there as like a way to test a lot of different, mechanics that maybe they're planning on playing out but like as a whole like uh, dragons and now nah, i don't man it makes sense that maybe that stuff was being tinkered with because of the fact that like you know monster coin system stuff and how it might interact with like sieges and things going on i can see reasons for why that makes sense to test it i don't really i don't care for it i'd, I'd like it to focus more on this is our castle this is our home cost benefit analysis do we have the resources the idea of gold like it works right but i would much rather be like did we stock up enough wood and stone to reinforce the walls and eventually we are gonna run out based on how much we had stocked in our reserves in our keep that makes sense that's risk and reward to me like in the Elder Scrolls Online, you can get uh, repair kits for your uh, siege engines. You can get repair kits for your walls. You can get repair kits for you, you know, your gates and things of that na- uh, you know, that nature. Cool, awesome. But you can also endlessly go to the NPC and the keep and just buy them and buy them and buy them and buy them. If someone's attacking the wall, if there's a, enough time that passes, they have attacked the exact same point. You can start repairing it. Cool, that makes sense. I could get that. I can get down with that. But these repair kits that you can just go buy with gold, that doesn't really make sense for me in, in something like Ashes. To me, it doesn't really make sense for me in, in Dale Scrolls Online either, by the way. Like, okay, we're going to have, we have this endless supply of stone kits you can use to repair the wall. I get having stone, dig the idea, right? But uh, what? how much is your reserve? There should be like a, a point where you're like, shit, we're out. Did we stock it enough? Where do we get it from? How much is in the world? Which castle has more of it than another? Strategically, this makes like tons of sense. It, within Ashes, like we could have, maybe we've only got like 
I don't know, 8,000 stone in keep A and uh, keep B has got 3,000 stone. And that could be determined based on all, so many things. Goes right back into the pillars, man. Did we do enough trade? Did we get enough caravans where they have more stone in one area versus another, more wood in another versus another? Like where the, the trade routes and the caravans and all of that, all of the, the systems that are in ashes make sense. The risk reward, the meaningful conflict, you know, from the bare minimum of why I'm fighting over a caravan to the grander one of a keep and a castle or a node and where our resources come from, why the, the, the actual, uh, you know, trade routes and like alliances and the political elements in the game matter fundamentally. That vibes, man, that works for me. Like that makes sense in Ashes of Creation, right? So being able to repair up to a point and all this, and that's great. And I agree with like, bring those damn walls down, have points be there, just like within the Elder Scrolls. Great example, right? Don't want it to be that game, but it's a damn good example. They used things from Dark Age of Camelot for a reason, man. Things worked well and the players loved it and the game flourished as a result. Right, you could break multiple points in that outer keep wall, even the inner keep wall, certain points, and now you've got to focus on those choke choke points. I don't want to be focusing on dragons. I, I want to be focusing on the keep walls, the choke points, the coordination of resources, the 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 gates, right? Like, and the points, uh, like you said, like maybe there's points by the gate, like spawn points and things of that nature. Those are great objectives. Those objectives make so much sense. Like uh, inner keep areas, like different uh, areas within the keep walls, like the, uh, you know uh, them taking those and having to fight for those. Oh, that all makes sense, man. Um, some things I'd want to see change. Like I don't want to talk to an NPC to go in. I want to click on the gate. In the earliest iteration I played of Castle Sieges, you remember you you if you if you played you remember we could talk about it. You could walk up to the gate. It just auto opened. You're like, yeah, that's probably not a good idea. Like you're like, it's like I gotta get in, guys. Oh shit! All right, here comes Leroy, fucking running through the gate, and he's got like forty strong enemies rushing him right on his tail. They just rolled right on through that gate before it shut. Oops! Thanks, Leroy. That shit would happen. Risk versus reward. Risk that's versus that's cause and effect right there. Yeah, it, it works better, you know. Leroy, you're out of the field, man. <laughs> yeah, I call Leroy for nothing. So. These things make sense to me. It, it it makes sense to me. And again, these aren't exactly, this isn't like, I've got these cool ideas because I've seen them work before in other places. But there's a better way to do it. Again, these better ways to do it have existed and worked in other places. Take the best that games have had to offer, put it together and do it. I, that's my feedback, man. And And... That's meaningful conflict. That's meaningfulness behind resources and gathering and quartermasters and all of those layers, all the way back down to these management tools we talked about with who can have the who who can acquire things and place them in certain tabs. Like, can we see a count on things to keep track of that in game? Like Half Tilt talked about. Give us those tools in game so we don't need add-ons, so that we aren't without these quality of life features that support us as the players with that player agency, right? To engage in these systems that you've designed for us to enjoy. That's retainment of, of the player base too. 
when you've got those things in place. So anyway, I rambled, I ranted. I know that to me is what I'd like to see. The 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 dragons, all right, that's cool, fine, whatever. Like the gates, the walls, we saw destructibles in APOC. I'd like to see that in, in Ashes sooner than later. In fact, I think it's vital to see that sooner than later. Pros though, man, they the, the stability was there. We saw that they got stability in a good place. They absolutely improved upon that, right? If we've got that, now I linked something too, friends, right? We I linked something too. There's this Twitter post right here. They posted this week on their Twitter, we are working hard on some serious optimization efforts in order to make 500 versus 500 battles a reality. Told you he wasn't just focused on 250 versus 250. And you know what? I don't think 500's the goal either. I'd be betting it's much higher. Just saying, I believe it's probably much higher, right? But they're already stepping it up. They're focusing on performance. Awesome, man. Awesome. Let's talk about those destructibles for part of your performance. Right, we're gonna gauge performance. Let's get those destructibles in there. Let's break some shit. Let's blow some walls up. Let's tear down some doors and gates. Let's get to it. Let's let's focus on those fundamentals, man. That's what I like to see. Not a game developer, just a guy with ideas, seen some things work before. I'd love to see how I would love to see with all these performance things that they've been working on. I'm excited to see adding things like destructibles into the mix when you're pushing five v five hundred and you've got performance you got performance and you're pushing this stuff you're working on an envelope that quite frankly we haven't seen in a long time especially with spell effects and all that stuff absolutely and, and, and just gonna throw this out there destructible walls and environments with the Unreal Engine 5 mechanics, if they go that route, where all of those yeah. the rubble and everything persists in the world still, I don't know what kind of system uh, optimization is needed to make that happen, but damn. Yeah. that like Just having those, some natural uh, uh, obstructions that, that occur as a result of, okay, I dropped the mm -hmm. wall, but now you know maybe you're standing too close to it and something falls on you and you, you die from it, you know? Like that could be kind of cool. And then maybe yeah. you can salvage some of that stuff to rebuild. Mm -hmm. Cause I really like what you're going on about using the wood and stone and resources within your keep. And I, I, I was thinking the same thing when I said the gold, I, I didn't mean to rebuild your, your walls and stuff. That was to simply replenish your respawn resources. If they did that as kind of a, a, a means of limiting your cap so that your gold is kind of, it's not just a simple 500 versus 500 resources or, or, or a thousand. But for the defenders, it's actually kind of based off of your guild's gold would be kind of cool. So that if you stockpiled a lot of gold, you would have maybe have more. And then that incentivizes the anybody looking to siege the castle to try and take out those gold tax-carrying caravans. Yeah, absolutely. Even more so. So it gives a, even more incentive to that other than simply just getting the gold for your own use. But yes. it's actually now denying their ability to not only build up their defenses, but then their ability to sustain themselves mm -hmm. through respawning in, in the game. And, and as, um, as well, having the, um, the, the materials aspect of it for rebuilding and refortifying their defenses or offense too, for building the siege weapons, super, super important, super important. And I think you nailed it. It, it ties in so many systems Everything. together and just puts so much more weight on it. Yeah. Like, that's not trivial. Huge. You know, like for me, maybe I can't show up on the weekends to be a siege member, but I can still contribute a yep. lot to that success yep. of that siege for 100%. my team Yep, by contributing yep. throughout the week or the month or whatever it is. Absolutely. So huge. 
And, and for the underleveled people too. Yes. Because the underleveled people, that's a yep. huge, huge topic. How are the underleveled people going to do it? Well, we're going to have lots of extra objectives for solo players, for small groups, for underleveled yeah. people that they can go do things that aren't necessarily uh, combat related. Contribution yeah, points, man. Contribution yeah, points. Absolutely. World of Warcraft, right? Didn't it have? It had a contribution point. At a certain point, the guild system has contribution points in WoW. I remember this, right? And it was based on a lot of different things. Yeah, it might have been based on guild quests, whatever. You could gauge that in so many ways. Now, I'm not a designer. I don't know how that would work. But you've got to sign up for, for caravans, castle siege, all these things, man. There are so many systems you have to flag for. You have to check a box, sign up, and acknowledge your attendance and investment in something. It is noted by the system already. We talked about contribution points for guildmates, a point system, right? Half tilt, right? This is great for so many reasons. People that want to use DKP, people that, and Ashes has so many areas where DKP could be important and applied to overall guild members. This is something that Virtue's talked about in the past. It can apply to everything in this game, man, to where you could be a casual player contributing to your guild and points made a difference. You know how many people out there run around and do nothing but farm materials all day? That person, that person's going to be extremely important to a guild who is focusing on sieging castles or uh, castle acquisition and, and upholding that. I mean, this is huge, man. You're not trivial as someone who runs around and gathers all day. You're just not. And being able to have a point... You know, this is different than gear points and stuff like that. This is like participation points. You're not getting a trophy, but it helps to acknowledge and showcase the individual's efforts, right? I may not see Leroy, except for the times he decides to run through the damn gate and bring 40 people with him. But the rest of the week, I saw that he was contributing somewhere. He was making a difference in his guild. The points showcased his investment in these systems, and that showcases that they were active. Now... We don't need that, but it's it's a cool thing to think about an idea. As a leader, if I see those contribution points, they're doing a lot. Like you see the people who are actively engaging in the game and that is a very different indicator than, well, when were they last online? Were they online when I was online? That's not a good way to gauge someone in the guild. And this goes back in and talks about what are some of the things that you would want in uh, the game as a leader. I would love a contribution point system. Right, because I might not be on when someone else is on different times on whatever. Man, they could be super active when I'm not there and I don't see them. Doesn't mean they're not contributing. Right, they might be dumping stuff in the guild. They might be out there doing a whole bunch of different things, but it helps to showcase their engagement in the game and its systems and contribution to the guild as a whole. Anything that can allow that flexibility, customization, and more important, the tools for us as players, guild leaders community members, citizens in the game, right? To have, you know, that stake and to show, you know, that through player agency, we we are making a difference and, you know, and that could be measured somehow. Again, these aren't like new brain, I'm not brainstorming new ideas, man. We've all given great examples of how these things already exist. You know, we, we've got side, we got side discussion points too. We got, Daedalus had this great idea around like talking about, bulletin boards we've talked about them before it's a great discussion point to pick up on next week but before we end our show gentlemen 
I know we were talking a lot about it. Any final thoughts around any of the things we've talked about today? Definitely want to make sure we finish our conversation on this, but we are winding it down, fam. Yeah, I mean, I would just say for me, I think you guys hit on the fact um, that I felt was very important is making players' time, you know, matter for something. And I think at the end of the day, it's it's really important that you be respectful as a as an MMO designer. You be respectful of a player's time, right? You don't just put in time sinks or gold sinks just because, right? It's very lazy design to do that make everything that players do have contribute in some way. Like you said, the, you know, the gatherer that's full-time gathering that should be, you know, yeah. viable as a way to contribute. Um, but also I think some of it has to do, and the team has already talked about mm-hmm. cooldown periods for sieges and whatnot, yeah. really make sure that, you know, we closely test that um, because, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's other games out there that, just or it's it's like a constant like almost like a full-time job to maintain um right you know a, an area and that's to me like too much man overkill. yeah definitely too much but yeah that would be my kind of my two final thoughts here is is, is that it's just you know make sure everybody's got some sort of relevancy in terms of contribution mm-hmm. of being respectful players time. absolutely yeah. Um, uh, uh, yeah. Biggest thing is just making people's efforts measurable within through in-game interface. If you can make people's efforts measurable in some way, whether it's a blanket, everybody gets the same amount of contribution for doing the same actions, and it's set by Intrepid, and it's just a standard that we all adopt to or adapt to rather, or it's something completely customizable um, for each guild. Both, I think, have their pros and cons, and how the guild chooses. To integrate that into their into their structure, if they even decide to integrate that into their structure, is still their decision. But giving at least providing the information, then there won't there won't be anybody asking to be able to acquire that information elsewhere, or trying to find a way to acquire that information elsewhere because yeah. it'll be there in game. Um, Knowledge is power, the, man. Those those are the big things. The game's about player agency and decision making and community. So a lot of that stuff can be up to us to figure out how we want to use it. Just as long as it's there, we have the ability to do that. Absolutely. I mean, look, man, we, we've seen it. You know, if you respect, if you give people, if you allow the information to flow, the information to be gathered, to make it meaningful, to reinforce all of these game pillars and you respect people's time and their wallets, you you're going to fundamentally in my mind have an amazing thriving game and community that are going to be there for a long time. Cause quite frankly, I think that's what's missing. The majority of what's missing for most games. It is in my experience, just a guy with this thought. That's just my take, but more importantly, friends, what are your thoughts on what we talked about today? If you're listening, watching it later, what's your feedback? What's your take, right? Where do you stand on a lot of the things that we've talked about here today? We've had a lot of great conversation, a lot of uh, contribution by those in the community who are here live today. Want to know your thoughts too. So keep the ideas flowing, keep them rolling, right? The team pays attention. They watch the podcast, they listen to them, you know, all of the people's content in the community. So share, share, share. It definitely helps to make a difference. And well, it might just help us all have a game that we're really proud of for a very long time. And with that being said, we got a live stream coming up, friends. 
The Ashes of Creation live stream is coming up on. Da, 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 da. Thank you, Pathfinder Grunt. On <laughs> Friday, October 29th, 11 a.m. PDT. Submissions have got to be in by Wednesday, October 27th, 11 a.m. PDT this week, right? So you got a few days coming up to get your stuff and things in. Go over to the forums right here, LinkedIn chat. Go drop your questions. We'll maybe get some really great answers. Uh, in typical format, you can expect that we're going to be digging in here, jumping in, watching it together in the community. And then I'll go live after, as always, gather your thoughts, your questions, etc. Put them together. We'll have a great show next weekend. And that is what I'm looking forward to because we are going to be picking up on the discussion around Tavern Bulletin Boards and a lot of other things from the live stream. Hell, we may not even get done with all the live stream stuff to even talk about the other, but you know what? We'll get there. We'll stay the course. We'll have another show, plenty more in the future to do a lot of other discussions around. So gentlemen, while we wind this one down, why don't you shout out your domains and where the community can find you when you're not here on this podcast. Daedalus. I You can find me on Twitter at The Ashen Herald and on YouTube, youtube.com slash C slash The Ashen Herald. And uh, I am on Twitter at half underscore tilt at half underscore tilt. Words are hard. Um, not the words are hard part. And he on Discord as half tilt gamer. Oh, yeah, man. And uh, friends, remember, please do remember. Actually, I'm going to shout out something. Check in with the LFM podcast Thursdays, 5 p.m. CDT. Check in with this podcast every Sunday, 5 p.m. CDT. And be sure to go over to the YouTube, which is changing. It's now Ashes HQ. Toss a follow. Join the conversation. Leave a comment. Please use your voice. I would love to see more of you contribute every week so we have more community engagement, specifically moving forward. This is a great time for a lot of great conversation. And, you know... Go share your uh, questions with the dev team before the live stream coming up. We'll definitely be catching up with you again here real soon. And remember, might be the end of the show today, but got to remind everybody who's here, whether you listen to this on your drive to work, you join us live on Sundays, or you watch it over on YouTube, you don't have to be right here on this round table to be a Pathfinder. You just got to be another one of the few holding the torch, carrying it for ashes, waiting for it, looking forward to it, and contributing to the community here on this show. Much love to all of you, to Intrepid Studios, and until next week, friends, you all have a great week. Stay safe out there. Walk in the light. Have a good night, friends. We'll see you again real soon. Night, everybody. Have a great everyone. Everyone.